Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we talk about Marvel, Guinness, and the upcoming anime season. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the This Week in Geek podcast, which is actually this two weeks in geek because we didn't record last week because our schedules did not line up hooray we're back hope how was your two weeks away kevin you were pretty busy yeah uh yeah we, we we've had quite a bit uh to to go over i gotta make sure that my uh my calendar is open because i tend to forget what actually happened uh in two weeks because uh it's too much it's a long um, time yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a minute. All right, so um, let's see, fancy things. Any anything cool happen? Uh, oh yeah. Okay, so uh, my sister went to PAX East, so she was in PAX hmm. East for the most part. Uh, got to hang out with a lot of really cool people there. Uh, was able to run some of the Twitch stream while they were while they were running it up. Um, I was pretty much uh just working on streaming potentially getting back into that and uh doing doing some tournaments here and there so um yeah that, that's that's what i've been up to um i had a couple of tournaments to cast and just making sure that everything is all uh all, all good other than that just random random work because uh they switched the schedule on us so mentally i'm still getting set up and it doesn't help that they switch the schedule right before spring break so uh we're we're, start- we're starting to get people who are flooding in uh because you know there's no school so uh we just have a bunch of like random things going on and it's uh it's kind of crazy so yeah that that that's interesting um but yeah other than that just uh trying to trying to stay positive because uh this this random schedule shift is really uh messing with me uh what what about you matt how's everything going on your end nothing has really happened in the past couple weeks i think the only thing that happened was last week i took two half days off because i had doctor's appointments and that's it i'm just tired because insomnia it does not let me sleep longer than or it doesn't let me sleep past like 7 a.m that's it like i'll i'll go to bed no matter what time time i go to bed if it's early or late it'll generally be around like 6 or 7 a.m that like my body will force me awake and i can't get to sleep after that which sucks so i'm exhausted with life on the upside i went to the doctor recently because medical appointments i just mentioned i thought i gained um i thought i gained four pounds it turns out i actually lost five because they weighed me i'm like oh damn i gained four pounds and the doctor's like okay so you lost five pounds since we last see you saw you like three months ago i'm like whoa i thought i'd gained so that was a a good ego not not ego boost but it felt good to know that i lost weight instead of gaining it 
So that is the most exciting thing that has happened to me. <laughs> anyway, let's start with the um, the notes, not the notes, the news of the week. Also, I just realized there is a timer now in the top of Zencaster. We are limited to two hours now. Oh man, we gotta we gotta book it then. It's better than forty minutes on Zoom though. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go through these two weeks as fast as two hours will let us. Um, so there is a Studio Ghibli park that opened in Japan, and guess what, Kevin? People are ruining it. Gross. You want to know, know how they're ruining it? Uh, so, I, 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 yeah. There's statues of the the characters from the Ghibli movies, and they're all over the park, and, and gross people all over Japan. And there's photos of this are either like taking their phones and like doing upskirt shots, or they're taking photos of them like groping these characters, which is not okay. And considering like a lot of the characters are like children, that makes it even worse. Gross. So, I mean, the the photos have since, I guess, been deleted unless they like the ones that have been saved and posted on the article by Vice are still up there. Um, but the the accounts or whatever posted them have been deleted. Um, there's been some like strong condescending wording from the governor of the prefecture in Japan, um, Aichi prefecture, who's like, hey, this is a place for families. Yo, don't do this. But. They said that they're going to have stern consequences for people who do this, but they didn't say what, and they have not really been. I don't. I don't think the the perpetrators have been found officially yet, but yeah, then Ghibli Park's already been ruined by gross people who don't know how to not grow up a statue of a child or upskirt a statue of a child. Yeah, that, that's a gross. Why? 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 Why do you do that? Uh... Ew, that, ew, 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 ew. The caption apparently for the guy who posted the photos of himself groping and upskirting these children said, the caption is, next is a small collection of taboos I did that I've been interested in. Gross. They're children. They're animated children. Why would you do that to our Ghibli children? You're going to Japan, right, Kevin? Sometime soon for Pokemon stuff? God. <laughs> yeah, this isn't on my bucket list, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something to consider if you're, if you're around there and you see folks acting strangely. This might be what they're doing. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna take a photo of them being gross. <laughs> Post it all over. Post it yeah. everywhere. Um, okay, so moving forward, we talked about Ticketmaster a bit over the past, I think, couple episodes. Um, but I guess Ticketmaster kind of lost this this next battle they had. So The Cure is going on tour, and they have their concert shows and venues and their ticket prices or whatever. But them knowing how the, the pricing scheme of Ticketmaster works and how all these fees are excessive and exorbitant and just out of control their goal was to set ticket prices low so that their fans who wanted to go to the concert could still afford it in spite of these incredible fees so they set their ticket prices to uh twenty dollars a ticket and even so people were paying more in fees than they were in the tickets so 
Cure fans got mad. The Cure got mad. Um, he posted a Twitter. I am sickened as you are by today's Ticketmaster fees debacle. To be very clear, the artist has no way to limit them. I have been asking how they are justified. If I get anything coherent by way of answer, I will let you all know. And this is a typed all in caps because why not? Um, eventually, because of all the flack that Ticketmaster publicly got, they walked back a little bit of their fees. Um, according to um, to Robert Smith, the frontman of The Cure. Um, After further conversation, Ticketmaster have agreed with us that many of the fees being charged are unduly high and as a gesture of goodwill, have offered $10 per ticket refund to all verified fan accounts for the lowest ticket price transactions and a $5 per ticket refund to all verified fan accounts for other ticket price transactions for all Cure shows at all venues. If you already bought a ticket, you will automatically get a refund all tickets on sale tomorrow will incur lower fees. So um, public shaming does work, especially if you're a band with a very large following. But I've, I I don't know how mo- much longer Ticketmaster thinks they can get away with this, especially now because they are now they were now forced to bow to the whims of the Cure fans and the Cure themselves. If this happens again there's already precedent for them to walk back their fees and to lower them. So we know they can lower them. They just don't want to. So my question is, is just how much longer can Ticketmaster afford to keep doing this? And are fans, do fans now have the power and do bands now have the power to push back against the ridiculous fees that Ticketmaster is um, putting out there? I think that this is a good push uh, for bands to kind of like set the prices and kind of make it accessible for their fans to actually like enjoy the concert. Um, and, and yeah, I, I actually do wonder like what this means for Ticketmaster later down the line as well. Like, does this, does this mean that they are now like, they obviously aren't going to be upcharging so much that it makes it crazy high, but it's also making it so that like, Artists might try to find an alternative pretty soon as well. Hopefully they have more luck than Pearl Jam. Yeah. Pearl Jam failed at that. I wish they hadn't failed because then that would have... Then then none of this Ticketmaster monopoly would really have been able to continue because then there would have been an alternative, but they they know how to do business and it sucks for us, but hopefully this is the start of something new i don't think it will be though i think that they're just gonna maybe play it safer now until things die down and then try to raise their fees very quietly until another band like the cure makes them walk it back but i think they're gonna maybe play it safe now especially while congress is investigating Ticketmaster and trying to break them up a little bit but i think in the long term they're still gonna try to weasel their way into better fees for them and higher fees but c'est la vie um speaking of music kevin guess who the according to guinness world records guess who the most popular artist in the world is most popular artist yes okay i thought i thought this was going to go like of the as of last week the 22nd so okay who is the most popular artist as of 
the 22nd. Um, th- this is a, wait, this is like a Guinness Book of World Records like thing. It's most yeah. popular artist. Yeah. Is it Beyonce? You would think, right? Yeah. You would think it's Beyonce, but it's is it not, not Beyonce. Beyonce. It is I not. swear to God, if it's Lil Pump, I'm going to actually lose it. <laughs> no, it's not Lil Pump. <laughs> One last go, and then I will tell you. Uh, but Beyonce is it like a good guess. Uh, is it like the Beatles? No, it's not the Beatles. <clears throat> really? Okay. It's The weekend. Okay. <laughs> so, according to Guinness World Records, the the criteria that they're using are because the weekend has 111.4 million monthly listeners on Spotify as of March 20, and he was also the first artist on Spotify to reach 100 million monthly listeners. He currently has 30 million more listeners than Miley Cyrus, who came in at second place at 82.4 million, and Shakira with 81.6 million at third. Going further back, next is Ariana Grande at 80.6, Taylor Swift at 80.2, Rihanna at 78.5, and Ed Sheeran at 77.5. So... The weekend beat the Swifties, which I find very surprising. Like Beyonce's not even on that list. I find that surprising. Like I, mm. I'm not a Beyonce fan, and I, I would have thought it was Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of kind of an interesting metric, because uh, like I mean, you would think that they would be like all time, you know? Right. right. Uh, like the Beatles also is a really good guess considering how big they are but they're not do they're not using that metric yeah i, I guess they don't uh all right well i i guess i guess i don't know anything about music anymore uh i'm gonna go back and crawl underneath my rock and just listen to like my k-pop <laughs> there's a k-pop store at the mall where i out here and i i walk by it every day i go to rehearsal and like i don't see it on the weekends because i don't go to rehearsal on the weekends and it's somehow still alive but it just looks so sad because no one's ever in there yeah it's uh i don't know i I feel like those stores are probably like popping off on like days that there are actual events but uh yeah i don't know okay so another big piece of news that happened this week um was that the head of marvel's vfx division division victoria alonso was fired was let go initially people weren't really sure what happened um but it turns out according to the latest reports is that she was fired for a breach of contract um so in the reason where this breach of contract comes um is according to thr she was fired because she was a producer on the oscar nominated film argentina 1985 which was an Amazon picture. Um, And because she was a producer on the film, she breached her contract with Marvel 
that was signed in 2018, which prohibits employees from working for competing studios. Now, Marvel slash Disney is a different company than Amazon. So by being a producer on that film, she broke her contract, which gives them reason to fire her. Now, another reason why that this is significant is because according to people on the inside in Marvel, Victoria Alonso is like the sole reason why like life sucked there. There's different sides to this story depending on which person or which report you're saying you're looking at because according to outlets like Variety or uh, CBR, some of the people that they talked to said that, oh, she made life hell here. She was a kingmaker. Like if you were in her good graces, you would keep getting work or if you were like if you upset her she would completely shut you out and you would have like no work whatsoever um other people said that that's ridiculous she never did anything and like oh th that's ridiculous like marvel has so much work that they can't afford to be like shutting people out just because they rubbed her the wrong way um i haven't worked at marvel as a vfx artist so obviously i don't know and like these reports are coming from people who work at marvel and they're conflicting so we don't really know but this has been a very big i guess a big piece of, of entertainment news just because it it is marvel she is one of the key executives of marvel and especially because as of late marvel has been heavily criticized for its vfx like you look at she hulk you look at um ant-man and the wasp like all the news about those properties is how awful the vfx looked so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Marvel now, especially with a woman who was running it just completely gone. She They said that she was blindsided by this firing, um, conflicting reports of people supporting her, conflicting reports of people saying that she was one of the worst people to work for. So I don't know what's going to happen with Marvel now. Are they going to be good? Are they going to be bad? Um as much as I loved She-Hulk, I actually did really like the show. You can't really get worse than the She-Hulk animation, so... Eh? <laughs> so speaking of people who had been fired and um, awful stories about them, Justin Roiland, uh, against all odds, Justin Roiland has been just cleared of all charges the um orange county district attorney's office in a statement with from kimberly eds said that we dismissed the charges today as a result of having insufficient evidence to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt so the charges were dropped um it th this wasn't proven that he did or didn't one way or the other again that there wasn't enough evidence to officially say whether or not so because of insufficient evidence the charges were dropped he could be completely innocent and she the the woman who was charging him could have made it up he could be guilty and they just couldn't get the evidence together we'll never officially know as of right now the charges are dropped and i believe because of double jeopardy in the united states he can't be charged but for this same case again um and from the beginning he's pled not guilty so I'm wondering what's going to happen now with all of the companies that dropped him, like 
Adult Swim broke ties with him on Rick and Morty because of this case. He left um, his company Squanch Games because of this. Hulu dropped him from Solar Opposites and Koala Man. So I, I don't know what's going to happen now. Are they, are he's, is he going to come back with a vengeance and sue these companies for firing him based on charges that were eventually dropped? Are the companies going to stick to their guns and say, Hey, we chose to do this. And especially because there are reports of him behaving very poorly behind the scenes and like not sh- and showing up drunk to rehearsals or whatever, or bringing in like prostitutes and porn stars into the studios and, and whatnot and things that we've covered before. Um, but what's going to happen now? Are they going to bring him back? If I was the, if I were the studios, I would just move along without him because even though he seems to have been proven innocent at this point, his behavior on set still created a disruptive and uncomfortable environment. Um, let me see if I can find his statement. Uh, what Royland himself said is, I have always known these claims were false and I never had any doubt this day would come. I'm thankful that this case has been dismissed, but at the same time, I'm still deeply shaken by the horrible lies that were reported about me during this process. Most of all, I'm disappointed that so many people were quick to judge without knowing the facts based solely on the word of an embittered ex trying to bypass due process and have me canceled. That may have succeeded even partially, that it may have succeeded even partially is shameful. However, now that the legal case has ended, I'm determined to move forward and focus both on my career projects and restoring my good name. So that is the latest with Justin Roiland. We'll have to actually wait and see what happens with his career, see if he gets any of his projects back, see if any vindication comes, see if any other people come forward with any other allegations against him. But we'll see about that. Um something that I didn't put on here, but that also happened recently was Jonathan majors who played, um, what's his name in, in Creed three and is King the conqueror in the Damien. I think it's Damien. Yeah, Damien that's right. Creed 3. Dame Damien. Yeah. Goes by Dame. Um, he, he was like this past week was charged with domestic violence in New York. He was arrested for allegedly choking a woman. Um, this is still very, very new. This has just happened within the past day. Um, initially, some people were kind of blindsided by this allegation. Some people are, there's different responses. People are upset that he did this. People are upset that like, oh no, there's no way he possibly could have done this, blah, blah, blah. All the normal reactions that happen. But uh, according to some of the news sources that I've seen, some people who are more familiar with him personally and I've worked with him before say, yeah, he's always been an abuser. Like the fact that you're all just figuring out this now is kind of sad, but at least it's, he's getting what's finally coming to him. So again, unconfirmed and alleged reports that he's not as good a person as people would like to believe and that he's done this before. And that it's only now that someone is reporting it and he's having to face the consequences of his actions again, he still needs to get his day in court. We don't know for sure. This woman could be making it up. He It could be more complicated than what we would like to admit. But another case to watch if you're watching out for celebrity news is that Jonathan Majors may not have a future with the Marvel Universe anymore. We'll see what happens with this. Because I can't. if he goes to prison, I can't imagine he'll be working on Marvel projects while he's 
in the clink. So now the question becomes, who would you replace him with for for Kang, since that is such a a big role? Oh, oh, that's hard. Because that's it has to be someone you can watch for because they're going multiverse on it too. Mm-hmm. It has to be someone who can play like different personalities and that we can watch for years to come because he's like the big bad yeah of this phase and like whatever it's a tough ask for sure <sighs> and like they also can't be in the mcu already which right, right. makes it really tough because they, they've already cast so many good actors in the mcu that it's like who's left yeah <laughs> that's a real question oh who would can't go creed because he's already played killmonger he's yeah he's already killmonger i was i heard like as a meme uh like people were saying like john boyega i could see that honestly i think it would be interesting he's not as he's not as like physically big as jonathan majors yeah i like his acting better honestly I think I think you could build him up though. I think if you like you gave him like a certain amount of time to like right. work out on it, like he could do it. Like I will say as a villain, like in Creed, he did really well. Like he was very mm-hmm. menacing and intimidating. So I will give him that. Like Jonathan Majors did the role there. I did not like him in Loki. I thought he was just utter garbage in Loki. Like it, easily the i thought this series as a whole was boring he was easily the most boring part for me they're just monologuing at me and i just i didn't feel like he had any any chemistry with anything like I, I wasn't i didn't think he had any star power to him honestly but apparently he was the best part in ant-man so i'm waiting till that's on disney plus to watch it so we'll see but i think jonathan boyega could be like a very good choice to replace him if we had to yeah that that's my just big question is just like who who's next who would you who would you bring up denzel Ooh, oh okay denzel would change everything <laughs> denzel could do it or get an unknown but i think like yeah. denzel could do it that would be star power that's already like built in oh yeah and denzel's a, a fantastic actor yeah. If Michael Clark Duncan was still alive, I would say he could do it because he's just big and imposing. Mm-hmm. And he's got that really deep, gravelly voice. So that w- those would be my picks. Um, So moving on into some just ridiculous money news. Kevin, are you, I, I forget. Have you, are you familiar with Magic the Gathering or are you mostly? Um, I'm mostly Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh but I, I okay. do know a little bit about Magic. Okay. I don't know a ton about magic. All I know is that it's from Wizards of the Coast who make pretty much every nerdy game ever that's not a video game. And even then, they've branched into video games. Um, guess what the most... Um, the, the highest sold card cost? Or the, what was... How do I phrase this? Wh- how much did the most sought-after card go for that set a record set a if my record. phrase okay. makes sense the card is called black lotus okay okay yeah i've heard of the black Alpha lotus black i've lotus. heard of it before like that that is like one of the cards that like every it's collector like wants rare. their hands on yeah. super rare 
Um, and it's out of print. Yeah. Is it like? I want to think that it's a it's along the lines of like the crazy high Pokemon cards too, or probably even higher. But I don't think it'd sell for like millions. I still think it'd be like, oh God, a sought after card, out of print. Like set the record. Set the okay. Set the record. Now now we're talking like it's like two hundred thousand. That would be a lot for a card. But final answer: two hundred thousand. I I think it's higher, but that's a okay. safe bet. You sure you don't want to top it? No, I'm sure. I'll, I'll just okay. leave it at that. So, in 2019, it was first purchased for 166,000. 2021, okay. it was purchased for five hundred eleven thousand one hundred dollars, and now it has been sold for five hundred forty thousand dollars at an auction. God. $540,000. Apparently, it's one of three signed copies of the Alpha Black Lotus. Um, it's Initially, I guess the card was from a limited set of Magic the Gathering cards, which is banned because of how strong it was. Mm-hmm. Um, even, and yeah, they, they only printed a certain number of it, and then they swore to never print it again, even though they brought it back very, very briefly for the special 30th anniversary set, which pissed off a lot of collectors. But I guess that 30th anniversary set has also been discontinued and you can't buy it anymore. But yeah, that's a lot of money for for a card. $540,000. Like, what could you do with that, Kevin? Uh, go to Japan more than once, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> You could buy a house in Japan and a house in San Francisco. And probably... No, you wouldn't be able to buy the jet to fly back and forth. But you could have two houses. You wouldn't have to pay for hotel fees. There we go. Property taxes, though. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So moving on to another sell thingy. Um, Kevin, do you buy... Do you pay for skins in games? Because... I don't, and I don't intend to do it for Overwatch ever because they're very expensive. It's like twenty dollars a skin. But have I, you ever... I have to admit that I have before. Okay, how much? Did and you I probably would do it again. <laughs> how much did you pay for it? I mean, if 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 Overwatch got Batman skins, I would probably do it. I I would do it for the Batman skins. Yeah, it it depends on the game and like the business model to start with, because like you don't want to like. Like, the way how Overwatch did it, it really shook the way how, like, the community saw it. Because we were used to getting free stuff, and then Mm -hmm. there's no more free stuff. Um, Like, in Valorant, like, gun skins, like, a whole entire bundle of gun skins plus, like, extra stuff can cost anywhere between, like, 50 to 70 bucks if you really want it to look good. Mm. Um I I've bought the lower end ones before and they look nice, but yeah, I I don't know how much I would spend on on a game, uh, or like for one specific skin. If it's just one skin, it's it's still a lot for for that. Like maybe like, I mean, I spent fifteen for the mercy skin, but that was like for charity that's too. For charity so. that one doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I they got you with the charity <laughs> thing there. Yeah. 
Okay, so in CSGO, there is a, a weapon skin. It's called Wild Lotus. I don't know why all these Lotus things are costing so much. Um, is it a knife? No, it's not a knife. There was a knife that was um, offered for $1.5 million, but it was turned down because it wasn't high enough, apparently. Oh. But this this most recent news that came out was for this gun skin called um, Wild Lotus that apparently is so valuable because it has a, a float number that is very low, which, according to GameSpot, basically grades this gun skin as being fresh off the factory assembly line. So... Um, guess how much this one sold for? It's a it's a skin CS:GO skin. It's a gun. Uh, skin. it's a gun skin. Do we know? Can I it's ask which gun? AK forty-seven. Okay, so for the AK, um, the okay. If it's fresh, I don't know how. Because usually, like in in the marketplace like things can't be sold for 2 weeks or mm. or f- for a certain amount of time um but if it's like an exclusive thing i think somebody would be crazy enough to spend like a couple thousand on it okay I, if if i'm if i'm crazy and i want something like this probably like 2 2k if i like really want it but like i don't i don't All know right. i don't know people i don't have those i don't kind of, i don't got that kind of you know a few money so this was in China that one user did this. So China has okay. that a few money. Um, so it is $160,000 or, according to GameSpot, enough cash to buy 320 PS5 consoles. That's that's too much. That's, that's <laughs> an interesting comparison. Enough cash that's to a buy lot. 320 PS5 consoles for $160,000, which is Damn. more money than I have. Yeah. Or will have for a long time because life is expensive and I don't have that kind of dough. Like, what justifies, Kevin, like, you know more about this than I do, but what justifies a skin costing that much and people wanting to pay that much for it? It's pretty basic, like, supply and demand. It's like, if, if a skin is very, like, very rare to get a lot of people just want to have it especially if it looks nice um and usually the people who have that kind of money are the are like the pros so they'll end up spending that kind of money to get something that they want Mm. because they they're going to play the game for hours on end they just kind of justify it that way okay so here's a, a, a money story that's not just making me cringe all over um so today the Wii U and 3DS shop was shut down by Nintendo, but fortunately last week, um, YouTuber The Completionist bought every single Wii U and 3DS game from the shop before it shut down. Um, guess how much that that cost for him? Yeah, we're playing. We're play, we're really playing. Uh, name name that price today, aren't we? Uh, we are. It just it just I, happened. This was the news from what this the, was last Easter, but this is uh how how much does Kevin know about money? <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, title of the episode. How much does Kevin know about money? I don't. I I'm bad at Wordle too. I found that out over the oh, course God. of the broadcast yesterday. Uh, so yeah, 
<laughs> I was like, that's clutch. I'm pretty sure clutch is five letters. And then I write it down. I'm like, nope, that's six. That's six. <laughs> Kevin can't count. I can't count. I can't count letters. Whoever started putting that in my algebra just <laughs> threw me off for the rest of my life. So doomed. Um, all right. How much is every single Wii U in 3DS game? That was on okay. the market. So for context, that's on the market. For context, there are 866 Wii U games and 1,547 3DS games. 1,000. Okay. Data wise, um, for Wii U, that's 1.2 terabytes. And for the 3DS, that's 267 gigabytes of data. That's a lot. Um, let's just go with. Twenty. Let's say twenty thousand. Let's say for for that amount of games, it should be around there. I would think. Okay. Okay. I don't think it'd be anything too crazy. Okay. But like, it is retail price. It is retail Nintendo price too. Yeah. To... Yeah. This okay. isn't like discounted or anything. This is direct from Nintendo. But there are so. also games that are on those shops that are free. So true. True. Ah. <laughs> We're getting. Uh, yeah, so, I'll stick with the twenty thousand number. I think that's safe. Okay. Twenty thousand, sure. Okay, okay. So we're and we're playing by prices right rules. So as long as you're not over, as close as you can get. Sure. Um, yeah. So this took him three hundred twenty-eight days to do and required four hundred sixty-four eShop cards and was funded by various sponsorships. So he just didn't have he didn't have money just laying around. People sponsored him to be able to do this. So. He's for the Wii U games alone, he spent nine thousand six hundred seventy-three dollars. And for the three DS games, he spent thirteen thousand eleven hundred eighteen dollars, which totals to twenty-two thousand seven hundred ninety-one dollars. You were very close, Kevin. Yay. You were very close. So the reason why he said he did it was quote When a digital storefront shuts down or games get delisted, countless titles run that risk of being lost forever. What would it take to save all those Nintendo Wii U and 3DS games from being lost? Step one of many was to determine necessary costs and storage. Unfortunately, none of the comprehensive lists online that we found included prices or even file sizes. So we spent three days compiling all that data into a big spreadsheet. Once we had all that information, we were able to more easily march forward with our noble cause of preservation. So what he's going to do is he's going to take all of these games that he has gotten and donate them to the video game history foundation to help preserve all of these games. So this was a, uh, a noble quest from him and thankfully he didn't have to fund this all on his own. So that's a lot yeah, of games it, and a lot of money, <laughs> it, but it was, uh, I'm glad that somebody, well somebody out there is going to have it because like yeah. it is going to be one of those things where like, you just have to like, it how can how can i say it um when when the shops like this go down there's only one way of preserving it and it is it is this it's the problem with digital only media it's once it's gone you can't really get it back or there's no way to legally get it back so it's tough sometimes mhm Speaking of tough, Kevin, um, so I know that the longest period of time that you've played video games was 24 hours, right? Straight? Yes. Uh, well, yeah. 
how difficult that, and that was something you willingly did yes yeah and i'll do it again how difficult <laughs> was that um i would say the hardest part believe it or not like the first couple hours like i would i would say not a couple of hours but like even the first like I I I would say like the last four hours are probably the hardest, just because like you have to stay awake for it, and like that is when like you start seeing the sun go up, and you're like, I should be asleep, and you start like losing your mind over over the games. Um, But I don't know, I had I had fun with it. I might do it again. Okay, around I might I probably will. Around hour seventeen, how did you feel? Oh, uh, depending on the game, you either have to like back out and like figure out. I gotta, I gotta give myself a break here. Um, I usually get like a snack in between it, uh, mm-hmm. just because like you know I don't want to die. But um, by hour seventeen, that's uh halfway through, about a quarter left. Yeah, you're definitely like losing track of what's going on like i could i could barely form sentences by hour hour 17 i would think okay okay so the reason i'm asking was because um in china there was a dad who found his son playing video games on his phone at at 1 30 a.m in secret so he as a punishment to his child told him that he could play as many for games as long as he wanted for the day after on the condition that he couldn't sleep. So he called his son out of school and just let him play video games. And eventually the son got tired and tried to sleep, but the dad kept waking him up again because the condition was he could not sleep. And eventually after 17 hours, the kid broke down and cried and like asked for forgiveness from his dad and his dad made him write like a letter in, or he wrote a letter in English, um, partially. I'll read it, part of it. Well, I was, um, my father punished me, let me play enough, play until vomit. Well, I was woken up several times. It's going to be all day anyway, from 1 a.m. to 6 p.m. Just played for 17 hours. I promise after school, home, after dinner, began to write the day the teacher assigned homework and dad assigned homework. After doing exercise and reading or reading for half an hour, finished after eating fruit, shower, brush teeth, sleep. I promised I must go to bed before 11 o'clock. Promise not to play the phone before going to bed, not to read, not to play with toys. So. Seventh, I mean, like when I was a kid thinking that, oh, I had to play for 17 hours straight. That'll be great. But that's. Thinking about it now, that's so long. Like you don't it is realize long. how long seventeen hours is. And Kevin, you've done it, so you know I've how done long it. seventeen hours is. I'm crazy. And I'll do it again. It, you did it willingly, is the thing. Like this, this kid was forced to. Yeah, he didn't know what he was getting into. <laughs> it's like it, it's more of like it depends on what the game is too, because like I know that some games, like especially phone games, they'll have you play like for a certain amount and then you could only do so much after like you finish up your dailies so right. yeah well, i wonder if that was like part of it where like the kid was like i have no more daily so i have to just sit here uh and then and then i would lose my mind yes but yeah uh, if you have a game that like you can keep going it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be pretty good 
I also wonder like what games he was playing. Was he just playing mobile games? Because that's like not even gaming really sometimes. Yeah. Like if you're just playing like Candy Crush for 17 hours, God, kill me now. I think for me, the the funniest part about his letter was the finished after eating fruit part. Like he included yeah. eating fruit in his his daily things that he has to do. We gotta eat fruit. I love fruit, fruit eater. Fruit is the fruit is nature's candy. I've said this to several people over the years. Fruit is nature's candy. If you gave me a choice between like good, fresh, sweet fruit and a piece of candy, I'm taking the fruit every time. Um another interesting bit of video game news, which I honestly can't believe, but Sonic Frontiers beat out God of War to win an award. But the what now? <laughs> Wait, hold on. In Japan, Sonic Frontiers beat out God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West for a major gaming award. In Japan, mm. which I mean, from what I've heard, Sonic Adventure, like, are not Adventures Frontiers. Like, I'm I'm not a huge Sonic fan. I've played a couple Sonic games over the years, and I was. Except for like Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, like I've never really been impressed by the Sonic series. It always to me felt like a try-hard ripoff of Mario, which had very little coherence. It's just like push forward, roll, jump, you make it to the end. Um, I've heard that Sonic Frontiers is better than that, but I've also heard it's not particularly very good. Again, depending on who you ask. But yeah, so according to Game Rant, um, Sonic Frontiers won the um, recognized as best action adventure game of 2022. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't understand this best action adventure game of 2022. Yeah, did did they not play Ragnarok or Horizon Forbidden West or something like? <laughs> I, like I don't from, understand. From, all, from everything I've seen about the game, it just like all the reviews that I've I've watched, like Donkey or um, IGN, it's like, yeah, it's it's a step forward in uh, Sonic's open world gaming, but it's not a particularly like good game as far as like mechanics go and story and voice acting go, you know. And so the last story that I have for this week is. Um, <laughs> There was an anime dating sim, Kevin, that helped you file your taxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My friend just played oh. this. Oh, okay. So tell me about it. Tell me about it. Because all I've heard was that it went up on Steam and then immediately was taken down. Oh, then, what? Somebody took it down? Yeah, Steam took it down and Steam and Valve took it down. And apparently the um, the creators of the game are suspecting that maybe TurboTax... Co- they're, they're heavily implying that TurboTax may have like sent money to steam to to take it down let me see if i can find the exact quote where he's accusing them of it i'll, I'll just go into what it does though but like yeah it's called tax heaven 3000 uh it was a visual novel um kind of kind of dating game thing um a friend of mine played it on his stream and uh i was i was watching parts of it um they do ask you for your social security number at some point and instead of him like doing it to like 
like obviously like that he doesn't want to put in his real social security number he ended up like making up a bunch of fake numbers for his whole thing Mm -hmm. for his whole run um but the thing that came out at the end was that when it's said and done they do give you the files that you need in order to file your taxes so what he said is like he essentially had this like dating sim thing make all the files that he needed and then he was like i could just edit it later <laughs> like as long yeah. as i know what goes in where like we're pretty much set to go um but yeah he, he was pretty he was like okay with it he said like as long as you don't put in your actual information it's actually a pretty funny game because it like it does throw shade at turbo tax uh it does like <laughs> it, it does like think that it's just like a fun little dating sim which is what it is but uh i i really don't know what else uh what else they said about the game but it, uh, what from what i saw I, I thought it was pretty funny yeah i mean in, in the basic description of the game they said that most wealthy countries make tax filing free if the burden of preparation is even passed along to individuals at all, but corporate tax filing services are, by dint of extensive lobbying, predatory, parasitic bottlenecks that deliberately compl- complicate the tax filing process in order to make it unnavigable by ordinary people. So a lot of shade being sent to TurboTax and other services like that. And that's it for me this week, Kevin. Take it away in the last 67 minutes we have of this recording session. All right, let's get to it. Um, Okay, so uh, let's start out with the Pokemon Unite stuff. Let's just get the Pokemon stuff up and running. Um, this weekend is the Aos Cup, which is kind of like the mid-season for the competitive season of Pokemon Unite. Um, it is going to be two separate days. It's going to be on the first and the second. So on April 1st, uh, it is going to be the broadcast for uh, Europe, uh, one half of Brazil, and then uh, Latin America South. Um, and then the other part for for the next day on Sunday, it is going to be North America, um, Brazil, the other half, and then Latin America North. So if you want to catch all those, uh, all those regions play out, it is going to be over the course of the next two days. Um, it is a top 16 uh, this time instead of like the typical monthly ones, which are uh, top eight. So that's the reason why they need a little bit more time and they're not going to do the back-to-back broadcasts um, like they normally do. So uh, definitely a lot to keep in mind uh, towards days one and two. Um, because of the way how this is played out, there is a schedule shift in terms of the way how uh, the tournaments are going to happen. Um, the first thing is that uh, April Cup is going to be pushed way far back. It's going to be actually pushed into May, um, which is kind of a little bit weird. But uh, it, it was a call by the Pokemon company uh, themselves. So April Cup is going to be from April is going to start on April 29th. Um, and then the finals are going to be on May 6th. And then the May Cup is going to be on the 20th with the grand finals for that one being on the 27th. So um, if you guys are participating in that or if you guys want to catch some of the action, make sure to adjust your schedules accordingly. Um, yeah, that, that that's just what they decided to do this time. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that was the Pokemon Unite side of things. Uh, keeping tabs on that because that is my main game. Uh, but we will see what else happens to go along the way. 
Um, yeah, uh, we're going to go ahead and throw it back to our old podcast style. We're going to actually cover a little bit of the Overwatch League um, for this weekend. Um, they actually, well, over the course of the like three weekends, uh, we are doing the Overwatch League Pro-Am, which is another tournament uh, that is currently happening right now. I got a couple of friends who are currently on that broadcast talent as well. I'm very excited to see uh, see some of these people hit the shelves this time. You know, uh, for one, Door, great, great casting with Door, Rich Rad, and Kenobi uh, all the way back in my like starting days. Um, Kiwi and Leg Day are also still on there, which, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just great to see some of these talents that, you know, I've, I've worked with a long ass time ago uh, finally make their appearance here. So, um, yeah, uh, the Pro-Am, if anything, is kind of like a exhibition tournament, so to say, um, because there are teams that are in here that are from the path to Pro. Um, in other words, they played through contenders um, and they were the best in their region to go ahead and kind of uh, take a shot at some of these Overwatch League teams and see how they do. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll just go over some of the group stages stuff here. Um, we'll go over the basics. So Group A and B played last week. Um, and Group A is the Florida Mayhem, the San Francisco Shock, the Vancouver Titans, Trick Room, which was a Path to Pro team, and same thing with Timeless. So that was Group A. Uh, group B is the Atlanta Rain, the London Spitfire, the LA Valiant, uh, the Las Vegas Eternal, and then the Saints, which was the uh, which was the Path to Pro team. Um, overall, uh, only the first two groups played uh, over the course of the the first part of this. Um, so. Uh, Florida Mayhem came out four and zero out of out of their group stage, uh, and then on the other group stage, four and zero for the Atlanta Rain as well. Um, some of the some of the surprising things is that uh, the San Francisco Shocks only two losses, um, or like one of their losses was to Trick Room, which is one of the other teams uh, down at the bottom here. And same thing with the Vancouver Titans, lost to the lost to Timeless, and then lost to the Florida Mayhem um, as their as their two and two. So. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was quite interesting to see some of these teams. Trick Room is actually one of the like, even though they did finish at the bottom of Group A, is still one of those teams that it's like really interesting to watch. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side, we had uh, the Atlanta Rain come out on top with the four zero. Uh, the London Spitfire had the three one, and then the Saints were actually in the middle at at the at the third spot with a two uh, two. Um, the Valiant and the Eternal did not do so great. Uh, they they ended up four and five on uh, after the group stages, um, but this weekend the the tournament is still going on, still the round robin stage. So if there are any teams that you are rooting for or that you guys want to see, uh, feel free to tune in during this weekend. There's going to be even more action coming up. Um, group C and D are playing this weekend. So Group C is um, the Boston Uprising, the LA Gladiators the Washington Justice, and then Team Peps from Path to Pro, and same thing with Wisps. Um, Group D is going to be the Houston Outlaws, the New York Excelsior, the Toronto Defiant, uh, Redbirds Esports, which is a Path to Pro team, and same thing with Twisted Minds. So another Path to Pro team making its way up here. So um, 
definitely a lot to check out uh if you do want to check out group c and d uh that's going to be this weekend starting at about 1 p.m so um 1 p.m pacific time so uh yeah just just keep that in mind if you guys do want to catch these they do have the full schedule also posted um on the overwatch elite twitter um if you guys have a specific match that you guys want to catch feel free to uh tune in and see it so yeah uh definitely a lot uh to take a peek at and uh even more action heading into this week as well so um yeah should be should be pretty cool to see if you guys are interested and this is this is kind of like leading into the official season right the official Overwatch yes. season hasn't started right it hasn't started yet this is okay. this is just kind of a showcase of anything Okay, because I was looking at the the list of casters they had for this, and I noticed that Kilios was not on there, and that made me very upset. Yeah, th- this, this is, is a very interesting official. time for uh, for a lot of the talent when it comes to the Overwatch League and who they're bringing in. Um, it it's just kind of uh, it's kind of a gray area right now to see who who's actually going to fill the void. So uh, I'm very mm. interested in seeing what ends up happening here. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see where where people end up and who ends up getting a contract and who keeps moving on, you know? Cool. So, uh, yeah, that is the overwatch league, uh, more stuff to come. Uh, let's switch from the overwatch league to fighting games. Let's talk about Evo Japan. That is actually this weekend as well. So, uh, no short of high level, uh, high level esports action this weekend. Uh, there's quite a ton, uh, going on. So Evo Japan is this weekend. It is going to be at Tokyo Big Site South Exhibition Hall. If you guys are interested in uh, taking a peek at it, go for it. Um, but yeah, uh, the main games this year are going to be Grand Blue Fantasy versus Guilty Gear Strife, King of Fighters 15, Melty Blood Type Lumina, uh, Street Fighter 5 Champions, uh, Tekken 7, and Virtua Fighter 5 uh, Ultimate Edition. So um if you guys are interested in watching any of that as well uh the open days essentially um day one and two i believe are uh open to the public if anybody is interested in or wanting to watch any of uh any of the high level gameplay and games that are going on uh check it out then um the only thing that does have uh like money on it where you actually have to pay money to go and see it is day three which are the big ticket events um in other words uh how this plays out is they do have the schedule posted for japan for the most part um the the less popular games essentially get their games done super quick but the more popular games slowly start trickling into the next day and then the day after um so uh, for example, on day two, which is the Friday, uh, wait, hold on, I got a math. Um, on Saturday, yes, um, on Saturday, the finals for uh, King of Fighters 15, uh, Virtual Fighters Ultimate Showdown, and Melty Blood Type Lumina will be on the Saturday, um, throughout the day. Um, so if you wanted to catch those ones, you can. Meanwhile, on Sunday, which is the big day for the big games, uh, that is going to be Guilty Gear Strife, uh, Tekken 7, and Street Fighter V Champions Edition. Um, for the day three events, you have to pay. There is a um, there is a ticket fee to actually see those games streamed live. 
So if you guys are, uh, if you guys did want to take a peek at it and wanted to watch uh, Evo, uh, it's probably going to be streamed online as well. So uh, even though you probably can't make it there, you could you could definitely watch it. Um, feel free to do so. Uh, I'm I'm definitely going to keep my eye out on what the events are. I like to watch the grand finals matches. Uh, I I don't know too much about the drama, so um, I'm not that uh, I'm not that kind of guy, but. Uh, you know, if if there is some sort of drama or something cool that comes off off of it, uh, I will definitely take a peek at it. So, yeah, um, Evo Japan is also this weekend. So uh, nothing short of fun, like great events uh, for esports uh, starting up on the first. Uh, speaking of starting up on the first two, uh, we are slowly entering the end of the month of March, uh, which is going to literally be this weekend on Saturday. So um, with that being said, it is the kickoff, the official kickoff for the spring season uh, of anime. So if you guys are into anime, I mean, I am. uh, This is the reason why I'm here. Um, There is a lot of shows that are coming out. Um, I'm only going to like highlight a couple of the big ones that at least I'm keeping my eye out for. Um, that way, if you guys also like to, uh, if you guys also like these series, feel free to like write it down on your calendar. Uh, make sure that you have the date circled. Um, there will be a lot of really cool shows coming out this uh, the season, and there's honestly there's a lot. <laughs> so uh, we'll just go down the list super quick. We'll go in terms of a uh, of release date order. So uh, kicking off things on the first, which is uh, Saturday. Um, the big one for me is Hell's Paradise, uh, Jigo Kuraku. Uh, I just finished reading the series, loved it. Um, I'm excited to see how the anime adaptation is going to go from there. Um, but yeah, there's that. April 2nd, which is the Sunday, is going to be the start of My Home Hero, which is a very popular uh, manga in Japan. Um, it's about like a guy who wants to like get vengeance. It's, it's kind of like Taken, but like an anime. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that looks. Um, April 3rd is the restart of Golden Kamui Season 4. Um, if you guys wanted to go ahead and catch that. Um, yeah. Uh, April 4th is Skip and Loafer. Um, Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible as well. That's another rom-com. Uh, Skip and Loafer is just a really good slice of life. Um, April 5th is the start of Idolmaster Cinderella Girl. Um, as well as Konosuba, um, the explosion spinoff uh, with Megumi and all of her like family members who all know explosion magic. Um, cool. April 6th, uh, start of Dr. Stone, A New World or season three of uh, Dr. Stone. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, check that out if you have been keeping up with it. I know I have, so I'm slowly starting to get into it. Uh, April 7th, which is the day after that, uh, we have Tonikawa, which is uh, another season of uh, Over the Moon, um, which is another typical, um, it's another romantic comedy kind of deal. Um, season two is coming. The one that I am that I have circled is Marshall Magic and Muscles, which is if you drop Saitama into Hogwarts, what would it look like? That one. Um, <laughs> April 7th, Marshall. Okay. Um, yeah uh april 8th is a galaxy next door which is another big one that a lot of people have circled on their list um 
April 9th, another big day for people. Uh, more Gundam. Uh, there, yeah, there, there's more mobile to Gundam if you guys are into Gundam uh, on the 9th. The biggest one is April 9th is also the day that the Swordsmith arc for Demon Slayer begins. So that will be next Sunday. Um, definitely a lot that you have to keep in mind as we're approaching into here. Um, April 10th is there's one that I have circled, which is Insomniacs After School. Um, just another, uh, slice of life, school life kind of, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's a romance yet, but the, the colors look really cool on it. Um, it's also my birthday. Hooray. Yay. April, April 10th. Uh, yeah. Uh, insomniacs after school, uh, the 11th only has one, um, the marginal service original anime. If you want to check that out. April 12th is Oshinoko, the start of uh, Oshinoko, which is definitely going to get buzzing onto Twitter because it is, one, a weird premise, two, really well done, and three, uh, yeah, that's about it. it it's it's kind of it's weird. Um, <laughs> not going to lie, I read book one, and uh, I'm pretty sure episode three is going to get people buzzing. Um, all right, cool. Uh, April 13th, Osama Ranking returns with another season. So if you liked Osama Ranking or Ranking of Kings, um, season two starts then. April 14th is the start of the new Pokemon series. Um, when it, <laughs> like the stuff that happens after um, after Ash and all that stuff. So April 14th is the start of the new anime series. Um, April 15th, there is Unite Up. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, somebody, somebody, check that out. Uh, episode da, 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 April 16th, Uma Musume Pretty Derby. Uh, if you like horse racing, yes. If you like horse racing, uh, Uma Musume is if the horses were girls and they ran instead. Uh, that that's what that is. Uh, season two is out. <laughs> it's coming out on the on the 16th. It's kind of weird. Um, April 27th is going to be my teen romantic snafu returns with the OVA. Um, there are some more stuff here and there sprinkled in, uh, in May, mostly, um, mostly movies. Um, but we won't have to get into that until it actually gets closer to the time of, but the big ones are just like the, the shows that are starting around or in this kind of like first couple weeks era. So, uh, lots to circle um for me i'm keeping track of i'm trying to limit it down to five um for me it's going to be hell's paradise um for yeah hell's paradise Marshall, um the kimetsu no yaiba new season uh or the demon slayer new season oshinoko and maybe the pokemon one um it it could be pokemon it could be insomniacs after school um, or it could be the new Konosuba. So I'm just trying to like keep my options open for that fifth slot. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot on the table this season. And uh, we weren't lying. It wasn't an understatement when we said uh, this season is absolutely stacked. How do you feel like the new Pokemon is going to fare compared to the original with Ash and like how people are reacting to it? So I, I feel like the reason why we stuck with Ash is because like we knew that like Ash was one of those trainers that we grew up with. Like into twenty five years in the game, you know, you you gotta respect yeah. the game at that at that point, right? It's it does take a while for it to actually happen, but 
when it does you you respect it a lot um but yeah um i'm interested in seeing how it plays out i want to see if there are any other like if there if there are if there is like a switch up of characters and how well or how i i don't want to say likable because that's kind of mean but like how relatable yeah like how relatable they are as a as a character you know yeah, I mean, like, likability is very necessary, I think, for a show, especially considering, like, this is Pokemon and, like, we, we've we grown up with Ash and they're replacing him. Like, likability is the reason why I could never get past maybe three episodes of Steven Universe because I don't like Steven. I think he's annoying as hell. So I think likability is, is a significant criteria. Yeah, so we'll definitely have to take a peek at, uh, at, at how that plays out and, uh, how the characters are received i guess that's a very interesting like like an important piece of this um moving forward so yeah um lot lots to keep in mind and uh, i hope ash makes an appearance later um i know that a lot of people now that the show is over are starting to like uh come up with like ideas and concepts of like what would happen afterwards um so yeah, there there's a lot of people who are still like on board and trying to check it out as well. Um cool. Uh yeah, with with that anime schedule out of the way, I guess I'll go into the recommendations. Um and yeah, um the the big thing that was circulating on Twitter about 2 weeks ago was uh the fact that there was a lot of a uh, lot of stuff going around on Michael Michael B Jordan's like personal anime takes and uh things that inspired him to kind of become like the director that he is um and he's like here's a couple of good shows to start with and he named the big three and i'm like yeah okay yeah they're good but like as a starter i don't think that people should just sit down and watch like a thousand episodes of something you know (laughs) um (laughs) it's <laughs> kind of a no-go like a uh, uh for me you know um that's a little i did put out my own list yeah um i did put out my own list we'll save it for later uh we'll circle back around we're talking about boxing um we <laughs> we went from michael b jordan's takes the fact that he utilized some of the things that he's watched and seen in anime and manga um into into creed 3 um, I thought well, I would Dragon bring up Ball another. Are, are very obvious in that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take a we'll take a quick peek into it once I finally like actually get down and watch the trilogy because I I want to watch it in order, uh, and I want to remember what happens. Um, but yeah, the one that I'm actually going to bring up is not actually considered an anime or a manga. It's considered a manhwa, which is uh like a webtoon comic style um like comic essentially but it's printed now it's it's over here in the states uh it's called the boxer by jh um it is a very interesting read i only read through the first book because there's only the first book out um i would continue it i i'm one of those guys who would pursue to go and see how this plays out but i'm also just waiting on the book so i don't want to like buy it and then like not read it you know um <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna hold off on it but um, one of the things is it's about one person who is a boxing prodigy. He's very good at um, understanding how boxing works and the ins and outs of it. Um, but he's cocky 
He is a cocky character. You're not supposed, he's not very likable. Clearly he's, he understands like everybody who you throw in front of him, regardless of weight class, uh, he can outbox. Um, then this, the, the boxing coach ends up finding this kid who's getting beat up on the street and he's wondering why doesn't he move? Um, because there's something that's like essentially gravitating this boxing coach to this kid. And so out of nowhere, he winds up like a typical punch, like a good, like, you know, straight. Um, and the kid instinctually dodges it. And he knows that this is like, he's like, oh, were you trying to hit me or what was going on? And he's like, he has great instincts, but he has no will to fight. And he, the the main question of it was, um, he he asked the boxing coach, "Is boxing fun? Is is there a reason for me to do this besides, you know, fame and glory?" And he's like, "There's a lot more that you can learn from boxing rather than just taking it on the streets." And um, he eventually learns that this kid who lacks emotion has very good instincts. Um, might be the one key to shut down this cocky uh, kind of prodigy character. So um, I'm very excited to see how it plays out. They haven't met crazily yet. Um, so I'm, I'm keeping that in mind uh, and hoping that book two could come any sooner um, as we try to keep all that in mind. And uh, as we continue on through. Uh, but yeah, I guess the last thing that we will go into, um, is something that's pretty quick, uh, on my end, uh, we will be going over the manga schedule, things that have been coming out, things that are coming out, um, and things to keep in mind, uh, for this, uh, for this upcoming week, um, for this week, uh, uh the last week of the, of, of March, uh, we have, uh, Beauty and the Feast 7 and Soul Eater 10, Perfect Edition. If you guys are looking to collect the hardcovers for Soul Eater, that is going to be the way to go. Um, there is also the third book, I believe, of Fire Force, um, the hardcover omnibus. So if you guys do want to get your hands on that one as well, that is also an option. Um, next week being the first one in April. April is, once again, another really interesting month uh, for manga. So if you are going to go ahead and grab some stuff make sure to mark the calendars for what you want to pick up and uh what's on the way um there are some things that i personally have on my list that i do want to share with you guys um so yeah let's go ahead and get to it um the, f the first thing is the attack on titan omnibus number 10 if you guys are collecting uh the big omnibus versions go for it um da -da -da. dr stone the uh dr stone 25 comes out um one piece 102 uh if you are collecting one piece uh the manga volume for 102 is out um kaguya sama love is war 25 and the sleeper pick for this week is going to be tista um tista is a very interesting one it is one that is um done by the same author as spy family but it was actually published before spy family um and this is like kind of Tatsuya Endo's like earlier work so to say um so that is something that at least I'm willing to pick up if I do see it on the shelf I might go and take a stab at it um but other than that um 
yeah, it's, it's just a lot of like really solid releases coming out this week. Um, I think that the week after that is a little slow, um, but I know that I have the 14th and the 25th circled for sure because uh, those weekends are going to be kind of insane for manga releases. So um, yeah, try to try to keep it slow. Try to try to pace yourself this week if you are picking up manga. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, next week there will definitely be more. So yeah, definitely uh, keep all that in mind. Cool, cool, Kevin. So let's wrap this up with your general life advice for the week. Uh, yeah. Uh, life advice of the week is uh, it, it, treat yourself every once in a while. I'm a like if if there is something that you want, sometimes it's it's if it makes if it will make you happy, go and get it. Um, case in point, uh, I saw Zamzire's Egg Dog plush. I I mean, I just post, posted it on Twitter like not too long ago um essentially the guy who makes the egg dog videos came out with a plush with an egg dog with a strawberry on its head he has a very good promotional video of it um <laughs> where he's just slamming it against random objects like <laughs> slamming it on walls and stuff and i was like now that's marketing uh so <laughs> so yeah i bought it i, I bought i bought a egg shaped dog with a strawberry on its head uh yeah that's it uh buy stuff that makes you happy i bought some nice fun socks recently so i did treat myself and it was great i'm gonna have like a beanbag dog pretty soon (laughs) (laughs) beanbags are comfy and they're nice i wish i had a beanbag to work on it's it's like a it's like a little little micro bead plush you know Mm, nice Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Again, if you were expecting us last week, sorry for not being there. We had life things pop up. But, but, but we are back for now and we're on very normal schedule, I guess, until life happens again. But, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in for us, guys. And um, we will catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the Internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.